Do you know what separates a failed business exit from a highly profitable one? Do you want to maximize the value of your business? The Business Exit Stories podcast is the solution. Through a collection of stories told by the business intermediaries who facilitate those transactions, you'll receive the key takeaways from successful and, yes, some not-so-successful business exits. Now is the time to begin to position your business for an exit by implementing key strategies designed to maximize your enterprise value and help you achieve an exceptionally profitable exit. Today we have Terry Elfman with us. Terry is an M&A advisor down in Florida. He's been involved in the business for a number of years. This is a little bit different of an interview. The reason it's a little bit different is because Terry was a business owner himself. So he's going to take us on a journey talking a little bit about his own experience in being a business broker, really how that brought him into the path of being a business intermediary. We'll talk about how he acquired a business and the reasons why he did that and how he scaled it up and then what the decisions he made really to exit the business. And that'll give us a little insight into how he views the whole process of working with other business owners as they get the decision to scale their own businesses and sell them. Terry shares his first transaction he shares with us is really about a transaction that was a phenomenal business, but it took a number of years for it to get sold. And the reason was And I want you to listen for the reasons why it took five years to get this business sold. He brought in an interested buyer to the table who was meeting all the terms. What happened? You'll absolutely be blown away with after five years and hundreds of inquiries and a number of people coming to the table and really finding the perfect buyer, really what happened to that transaction, basically at the closing table. In another transaction, uh, Terry shares with us about how a business was really a cash machine going for a number of years, uh, and the buyer really was sort of burned out on the business and decided to sell it. And again, we'll learn about how this transaction unfolded and what Terry did to bring a qualified buyer to the table who met all of the terms, was ready to go to closing, and where this business would have netted you know, five, six million dollars to the seller. And what the seller did to not close that deal and how just a few short months later, the business went from the sale of almost five, six million dollars to a business that was worth less than a million dollars and never did sell. And today it hasn't sold. And I'd like to have you think about some of the takeaways that are going to be shared in this episode. And then finally, Terry shares a transaction that was really a home run for everyone involved. It was a home run for the buyer. It was a home run for the seller. And I want you to listen to the differences between these transactions of why some were so challenging and never did close and why some businesses just you know, just work and why they work. So I want you to listen to the takeaways of these transactions and these stories that Terry is going to share with us today. So I want you to listen specifically to some of the takeaways on this, because those of you who are listening may relate to this and avoid some potholes down the road when you get to that time when you're going to be selling a business. So enjoy this episode. This is Marvin L. Storm. We're here with Terry Altman. Terry, would you talk a little bit and share with our audience here a little bit about where you're located and a little bit about your business before we get started with our interview today? I'd be happy to, and I'm uh, happy to be with you, Marvin. I appreciate the opportunity to chat with you. 
I'm located in the uh, Central Florida area. Um, I am been in Florida for, gosh, probably 30 years or so. And about uh, 10 years or so ago, I got involved in business brokerage after selling, buying and selling a business. Um, I cover pretty much the state of Florida. And I focus primarily on anything really, you know, million dollars in revenue or above, but um, really focused on the five to $10 million range. All right. Well, you've been in business a long time, and I'm sure you have a lot of interesting transactions to share. And we've probably picked out a, a couple of them. But from what I understand and talking a little bit earlier with you is that your background really comes from being in business and running and operating your own business. And what I'd like to do today is maybe talk a little bit about that experience and uh, maybe how it helps you uh, gain some perspective as an M&A advisor. So why don't you share a little bit about uh, your own experience and running a business and selling it? Well, at the, at the time, I was uh, in working with a company called GE Medical Systems, selling medical equipment, and I got the bug, like a lot of people. I wanted to own my own business. Started looking, and um, it, it really was a multi-year process to find the right business, but I was lucky and finally found a manufacturing business that really appealed to me. Ended up making the purchase. Um, I kept the business approximately six years. Um, towards the end of that, I had some health issues that changed my thought process on on um, my career and business, et cetera. Ended up selling the business. So I went, I, I, it was kind of natural now that I look back to get into business brokerage because I, I had personally experienced the buy side and made, trust me, I made all the mistakes that, uh, that you read about. I made those mistakes. I own up to it. Um, but the, my ownership of the business was really good. I grew the business, doubled, tripled. It was a great story. Um, and when I sold the business, um, true to form, I made all the mistakes that I try to counsel. So what, what do you think as you look back on that experience now that you sit in the chair of advising others as they sell their business? So when you look back on that experience that you have, what's the one thing that kind of stands out in your, your mind was really one of the biggest mistakes that you made in the process of either getting your business ready for sale or actually going through the, the sales process? That's, that's a good question. Um, I, the, the, the thought that come to mind when you when you posed the question was the realization that you really do as a buyer, first time buyer particularly, and even and, and the first time seller particularly, it's you're by far better off to have an experienced transaction uh, broker on your side, and here's why. Uh, my background's in engineering, okay? I'm a problem solver. I'm an analyzer. And I thought when I was going through the buy process, I could do this. And I realized I don't, I didn't, because you you don't get the experience of buying and selling a business. You you really can't read the book and get the experience. It's, it's firsthand and it's learned. And... Now that then that's that's really what drove me into my current career because I realized how important it was to have someone on your side that knows the process. Let me let me say this. 
it is the, the process for buying and selling a business is a very complex process and it works if you follow the process it works beautifully if you don't follow the process it gets complicated very very quickly um there's a there's an old um one of the first sayings if you will that i heard was you know 80 to 90 percent of businesses listed for sale never sell that's that that's really that's really an incredible statistic and that that has been true for decades yeah and so you know when you think of the the psychology of a particularly a seller they they typically built their business from scratch they built it you know hard work sweat and tears and everything else and and it's become their life and their lifeblood and all that so there's naturally a lot of emotion that comes into their thought processes when they get ready to sell it i've had I've had sellers talk about their business like it was their favorite child, and I understand that. So, so just just out of curiosity, getting back when to you you were going through this process, experiencing all these emotions that you were experiencing, that people you work with today experience, the mistake that you made, what was that big mistake? You know, what was something now that you you can now view it from afar off and view it historically? What was that big mistake that you made? Oh, that's a tough question, Marvin. I, what comes to mind is is the the mistake that I would that I would say is not fully understanding how complex the process of buying and selling a business is. It's not, you know, like you you sell your car. You might, it might be your favorite car. You might have some emotion attached to it, but you have a price tag and you have a way of knowing. You can check the market and see what it's worth, but you don't usually have that kind of emotion like you've something that you built 20 years ago with your own sweat and tears and all of the, all of the sacrifices you made as a, as a business owner. Um, all of those things can distort your perception of the deal process because of it. So when you were going through the process for yourself, you didn't realize how complex the whole process was and that you had spent a lot of time, five, six, seven years building up this business, working very hard and very diligently to do it. And your perception kind of distorted what reality really was in the entire sales process. Is that a fair statement? It is. Um, it's it's uh, unavoidable, I think. It's just a part of human nature that, you know, it's like uh, the, uh, I, I, let me, t let me share with you the reason why I was selling my business. Um, I was middle-aged, thought I was in great shape. One day I woke up and long story short, I had a heart attack, went to the hospital on an ambulance basically was resuscitated and got four stents. That was completely unexpected. So up to that point in time, you felt that you were on the top of your game physically. A absolutely. And and without doubt, uh, had I not survived, my business would have been worth 10% to my daughter, to my only child, would have been 10% of what the sale price was. Is that because you were the the person that made everything happen? You didn't really have a management team in place that would have taken over and run the business in your absence? I had a management team. What made the difference was as the owner, 
Um, there was there was nobody to be responsible for the transaction. In other words, the the employees couldn't sell the business because they didn't own it. Um, my daughter was, you know, just started college. Um, she didn't have ownership in the business, so there was nobody to sell, quote unquote, the business. And in that case, you would expect you'd be lucky to get ten percent of the market value. Yeah, that, that context of kind of an insightful comment there that there's really no one there Correct. to sell the business. Correct. You know, no one had ownership. You know, the, that wasn't something that you because of where you were at thinking that you were really in great shape at the time that, uh, you know, that was not on your radars. And I think that's probably pretty common for people that would be in that type of situation and, you know, growing a business as you were at that time. So talk a little bit about what happened then. Had a reorientation to your thought process at that time. And, and was that the, the catalyst that really catapulted you into the sales process of deciding that you wanted to exit? Oh, absolutely. Um, it changed, it changed everything because, you know, I keep going back to the, the mindset, what it feels like, what, what the lifestyle is of a typical business owner. And, you know, I'm using, using my personal experience as a, as a guideline, but I think it's very typical. You have to have a certain amount of confidence, determination, commitment to be a business owner you you've got to be you you're 100 into it it is your life it consumes every minute thought process you have somehow or another is going to relate to that business that's how consuming i think it is as a business owner now we've talked about this for a little bit but when you think in that mindset and you you, you snap your fingers and you realize poof all that's gone um, it it's 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 an incredible has an incredible impact on your thought process. So when I first put my business up for sale and the first fire that came along, the, actually their offer was fair. It was my problem in sorting through just all of the human emotional impacts of the unknown you know you know what i'm saying it's like it's it's like you're sitting there you have all of the history and now all of a sudden that's going away and like most sellers and this is a key point that i'm getting to i try to coach the sellers that I work with from the very first meeting to start thinking, if you haven't already, start thinking right now what you're going to do. And if you can't come up with a good plan. You're, you're talking about what, sell, what they're going to do after they sell the business. Yeah, after, after you sell your business because it's in their best interest you, to have something. It doesn't have to be another business, but something that they're going to do that first year or two so that they have goals looking forward to. That's how we live. That's how we function is we, we do today what needs to be done, but we've got to have something to keep us going towards tomorrow. And um, in my particular case, I, I didn't 
I didn't do that. I was so focused on selling the business because I was afraid of the possibility of another heart attack and, and et cetera. I felt a lot of pressure to get past that point. Um, and those are, you, you know, selling, when you, when you value a business, it's really straightforward. A business has a certain value based on all of the parameters of the business. But when you're the owner of that business and you're the seller of that business, it it encompasses just a just a ton of emotions that you really have no way of quantifying until you go through the process, and it, it, it's it's a uh, it's a powerful experience. So now that you look back on this experience and sort of what catapulted you into your current career as an advisor here, M and A business broker advisor, what would be the big takeaway? Quite honestly, the big takeaway was when you buy a business or start a business, you should have as part of your plan the entire process and even the part of the process where at some point in time, you're no longer going to be involved in that business. So your strategic plans for your business, all of that stuff is the easy part. It's it's keeping in mind you have to have an exit at some point. Um, you know, every business is going to end up being sold. It's going to be liquidated. It's going to be passed down to the family, or it's just going to evaporate. It's so you want you want to yourself to be in control of that process and have a plan in place. So. I guess what you're really saying for those that are listening to this episode here and you're, you're discussing your own experience of selling your business is that there is a time that's going to come that you're going to sell your business and no longer be involved. And you should start thinking about that well in advance of the time it comes to sell. And I guess of what you're saying is that if you had done that, your outcome might have been a little bit different than your actual exit was because of you know your medical event, you know your heart attack. Yeah, you know, in in all honesty, uh, I was lucky. You know, I got I ended up that's that first buyer came back a second time, um, and I and I did absolutely the same, made the same mistakes again, and they left. But I finally sold the business at the price that I thought was a was a fair price. So I got lucky. and But I keep thinking of that 90% that, that does not get lucky. This is too big of a, too big of a uh, value to every business owner to, to leave it to chance. Right. So luck is, luck is not a great strategy, huh? That's not a great strategy. That's <laughs> not a good strategy at all. All right. Well, let's move on to another transaction you were involved with, Terry. And why don't you outline the structure of this and a little bit about the type of business it was and maybe a little bit about the owners of the business? Well, the, the next business that um, I think would be beneficial for the business owners out there to hear about was a um, medical equipment distributor, basically, um, sold equipment to hospitals. Um, they were doing about um, somewhere in a $10 million range in revenue. Um, the gentleman that owned the business had owned it for 
40 years, had done extremely well in it, approached me about selling the business. Um, and uh, we worked together about five years. And the reason this one took so long was um, approximately 90% of their revenue came from one source and 90% of their customer was one source. So that made it very difficult. Yeah, let's rewind that. You're saying that all of their customers and the business was 90%? Well, no. Well, one customer, one vendor? Probably better described as, as the industry. They, they sold only to hospitals. Okay. Highly concentrated in a sector. Very yeah, high concentration in one sector is a better way of saying it. Yeah. Yeah. And they the source of the revenue was from one manufacturer. So if they lost that contract, they were out of business. Now the the gentleman owned the business um, had survived that way for 40 years. But when you think of a new buyer with no relationships, that's a big challenge. Can you even get something like that financed? It, it is. We uh, all total. I had. It sounds it sounds unbelievable, but over five thousand inquiries on that business, <laughs> and out of those five thousand inquiries, we had four or five offers. Um, four of the offers were fifty percent of what the business owner wanted. One, the last one, matched the value that the that the owner wanted. And we went to contract and were within uh, two, maybe a week or two of actually closing the deal when the owner backed out. <laughs> he he uh, changed his mind and didn't want to sell. And what happens, and this is one of the risk factors that, that that's always out there, it just was coincidental that at that point in time, um, they had a backlog of orders. You know, hospitals buy those, that type of equipment a lot of times because of construction. Well, construction takes three to five years. They had about three or four hospitals that were going through the construction process, getting ready to ship the equipment, which the, the revenue from that would have paid in more than selling the business. Okay, so just for context here, so we kind of track the story through your description of it, is that because he sold two hospitals, it takes a time for hospitals to get built, and his revenue came from those contracts of supplying materials or equipment to to that construction process. And these were huge contracts, I guess, because he had a number of them in process. And uh, there was a kind of a windfall profit here. Yep. That's that was the case, and uh, so that you know, it's just it's just part of the process. So it, it, I guess what you're saying is, is he kind of got greedy. He said, "Okay, I'm going to be selling it for you know what was the target price on the sale of the business? Uh, it was approximately two and a half to three million. Okay, and I what you're telling me is that his profits on these contracts was as much as that. Was was at least that much, yes. And so he's saying, "Why am I selling the business? I if I keep the business, I'm going to get make all this money, right?" Yes, but um, okay. What's the big but here? Well, the the but is is that the that the potential buyer had a year, almost a year, invested in that process. 
Um, a lot of people had a had a large investment in it. The right thing to do, the legal thing to do, contractual thing to do, which go through the go through the process. Um, by doing what he did, um, it created a lot of um, legal issues. A lot of uh, so you're saying doing what he did, he backed away and decided he didn't want to sell the business after everyone had invested all this time. And he was actually, I suppose he was contractually obligated to go through it because everybody had performed on what they were supposed to be doing, right? Yeah. Yeah. Yep. So, you know, it's just one of what is this is part of the process. And you can look at it a lot of different ways. Uh, if you're in, put yourself in the seller's shoes, you could certainly make the argument that. I, I I guess that it was the human thing to do. Uh, if you put yourself in the buyer's shoes, you can certainly understand the the the, the takeaway for the buyer. It's part of the it's you know buying and selling a business is a complex process, and there's there's always things that come up that couldn't have been anticipated, and you have to deal with them. And you have to follow the rules for the most part. So he had a contract. He had a contract in place and he walked away from the contract. What happened? I mean, they, they go outside and fight it out or what happened? <laughs> in, a, in a way, the, the buyer, um, the, basically the buyer tried to, to, to be, take a, you know, the high road approach um, and the, the seller kind of shot himself in the foot by taking the hard-nosed approach. So the buyer ended up filing suit. Um, and I don't know how it's going to end up. You never know when it becomes legal. But either way, both parties are going to net-net going to lose by doing it that process. And as part of, as, as part of the um, educational process of working with sellers from day one, it's got to be you're committed to sell or don't do it. Would you say that's the big takeaway from this transaction is, you know, for those that are listening, is that uh, be committed? A lot of takeaways from this transaction. Um, a lot of them. But yes, the, the, the number one takeaway is, is make, when you make a commitment to sell and go through the process, you've got to be ready. You've got to be fully committed. This... I've heard it before, particularly when I first started in the in the uh, business intermediary profession, where you know the kind of the, the the game was to get sellers. Well, if you're not if if you're not if you think of if you think you want to sell, but you you aren't 100. percent Let's try it. Let's put it on the market and see what we can do with it. And that that is absolutely the wrong approach. Um, that's a that's a lose lose proposition there. Why would that be a lose lose proposition? Because I've I've actually heard that a lot. That seems to be a very common strategy for all of the things that that we're talking about. It you have to be you 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 know, from the seller's perspective, particularly you have to be fully committed to selling. The, the selling process is a very complex process. So if you go into it fully committed, instead of a 90% never sell, you're probably down to around 40% 40, 40 never sell. 
So this is, this is probably one of the reasons that that statistic remains so consistently high. You know, 80 to 90% of businesses never sell. And that's probably one of the big reasons people aren't really committed to the process. Let me give you something to compare that to. I'm a member of the IBBA, the International Business Broker Association, and M&A Source. These are the, these are the um, two organizations that are the, I would say, I would phrase it as the most, the highest level of professionalism there. You know, you have to have credentials, you have to take courses, you have to, you have to, to make a commitment and show a commitment to the industry. Um, I, I'm a certified business intermediary, a cert, uh, mergers and acquisitions professional, and M&A source is the mergers and acquisition master intermediary. There's a lot of training that goes into that. Even at that level, you know, probably 30 to 40 percent or more businesses never sell. So when you compare the broad business brokerage community, where uh, I don't know about all states, but in the state of Florida, the only requirement to be able to present yourself as a as a business broker is a real estate license. There's there's literally no requirement for training and education. And um, the BBF, the Business Brokers of Florida, which I'm also a member, there's over a thousand members. And I would be surprised if more than 30% of them had any of the professional credentials. Nothing, nothing wrong with selling Main Street businesses without all of the credentials. But when even in selling the multi-million dollar businesses and having highly trained and credentialed business intermediary on your side, the failure rate is still 30 to 40%. So keeping all of that in mind, the concept of testing the market is a fool's game as far as I'm concerned, a waste of everybody's time. So I guess, you know, when you look at this transaction that didn't work out well at all, actually ended up right. litigation and you say you don't you don't know what's going to happen in the litigation process and that's the black hole of expense sometimes everybody loses everybody loses except the attorneys yeah. uh, that are litigating the transaction or the case what i'm hearing you talk about terry is that you're really saying is that you really got to be committed to sell number one and number two if you are going to go down that road you should probably find someone that has the experience and the credentials to make sure that you have the highest probability of making it across the finish line that's what i heard from your story here absolutely well i think that's a good takeaway for our audience here so why don't we jump into our next transaction that you can share with us that would have some takeaways that would be beneficial for those that are listening in today okay well the, the next one that uh, I, we, we talked about is is a ma manufacturing business, and this particular business um, was a great business. Been around for thirty years, very successful, um, doing in the eight to ten million dollars in revenue. The, the unusual aspects of this particular business was the owner was already thinking about exiting, had taken a two-year sabbatical to test if, if they were ready for retirement and also to give 
to employees an opportunity to run the business, see if they could, in fact, run the business. Um, during that two-year period, the revenue dropped considerably. The profitability dropped 70%. Um, it just was not working out. And so the owner came back and took over, contacted me. We started working together um, in the first six or eight months, the company was turned around. They were back profitable. The numbers were moving in the right direction. We started getting inquiries. Uh, this was a very desirable business, had good, um, for the most part, um, a good broad um, customer base. The only challenges in this business was when you really boil it down to two customers represented 60% of the revenue um and those two customers the two customers were actually interrelated so it you, you could really look at it as one source and 60 percent make a long story short manufacturing is very desirable this was a great business good history i ended up with um 65 potential buyers uh we were we had offers that were at or above what the owner wanted everything was going great um and <laughs> and it turned out to that one of those 65 buyers um ended up being a family member of a friend that the of the owners that i mean the, the, the friendship wasn't personal it was more of a they had known each other in the industry and that that kind of thing. Long story short, the the put the seller decided that they were going to take the business off the market and to some kind of a joint venture and and not sell. Okay, so so just for clarification here, so you went through all the effort and everything to bring the business to market. You had a lot of inquiries, and at some point in time, the seller decided that, no, I think I won't sell. I'll I'll do a joint venture with someone that was interested in the business. I'll basically stay in the business, but let him run it or something like that. There, there's there's two very, very important takeaways that distinguishes this transaction from the last transaction. One is, in this case, the, this seller did technically the right thing. Um, they didn't, didn't want to sell. They had changed. Um, but they were willing to work through a reasonable transition it didn't didn't end up in a lawsuit or anything like anything like that. Um, but here's here's the number one takeaway. Remember how on both of these transactions we we talked about customer concentration and the risk of losing one customer and basically destroying. Yeah, that's a big risk. After this this seller changed their mind and backed out, it was right at the end of. 2019. When was COVID? When did we first hear about COVID? March of 2020. Well, okay, I I can see where 
So, so let, let me ask you, so if things had gone well, would they have been able to close and sell the business in 2019? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. So they could have sold the business in 2019 at or above what the asking price was. And that would have happened in November or early December. All right. But they, they didn't do that, okay? They did not do that. Now, with the COVID started, I know, I know for a fact that their combo customers, the two that basically were interrelated, basically shut their doors. Ah. I, I, I don't want to name the industry because I'd give it away if I did, but, but they basically, basically shut their doors. So 60% of that revenue went away, and it has not come back yet. So this was an opportunity where the business owner would have exited at just a perfect time, gotten really paid well for their lifetime investment in this business, many millions of dollars, and it would have worked out perfectly for them. Instead, I, I, I would not be surprised if they were not covering their overhead expenses now. So you're, you're really talking when you say you're not covering their overhead expenses. Basically, the business is worth a fraction and maybe not even anything on the open market today. You know, but at best case, it would be a fraction of what it was. Yes, it, it was. And th those, that's a perfect example of the, the things that I try to help potential sellers understand is there are no guarantees. Your, your business is worth what it is today, and tomorrow it's worth something different. Now, it could be worth a little more, it could be worth a little less, but it's going to be different. And that, I think, is the value that an experienced business intermediary brings to the table. Give you that perspective. Yes. You know, when you, it's so true in almost any profession, any industry, any type of business is that, you know, greed is a good thing sometimes when it's a motivator for you to grow your business and to do better. Greed is a bad thing when you try to squeeze the last dollar out of a transaction. And in this case, you just felt that the grass was greener on the other side of the hill. And um, when it was time to sell, you should sell. But there is a difference between greed and making good decisions. That's true. Absolutely true. As a business owner, I, I will I will always tell them, you know, make the best decision based on what we know, because that's all we've really got to count on. Now, you want to hear a good one? Yeah, but that, that I was just getting to say, uh, let, <laughs> let's let's wrap this up with something that happened that worked out well, maybe even better than oh. well. Okay, this one is this is this one is as bad as perfect as I think you can can expect. Um, this one was a landscape business, um, doing really good. All husband and wife team had built the business, they'd grown it, that they, they had established the business processes, their their revenue was well defined, all of the cost expenses. So were they doing commercial or residential? Primarily commercial. Um, they did do some in, uh, individual, you know, homeowners and things like that. But primarily it was. Was, uh, was it kind of reoccurring revenue, kind of like on the maintenance side, or they did do a lot of installations and, you know? A lot of, a fair amount of maintenance. They did a lot of installations, new, uh, as you know, Florida's growing like crazy. So um, they were doing a lot of new construction and 
and and et cetera. But let me tell you, uh, the the husband and wife were ready to settle. Was that driven by it was just time, or were there health issues, or what was the motivation? Combination of both. Uh, timing. They had been in the business a long time, but also the husband was experiencing some serious health issues, et cetera. That that could have been um, very limiting. Um, so they were being proactive and preparing for it. Very smart individuals. Um, we ended up finding, we had a lot of inquiries, but we ended up finding what I would consider a best buyer as a young gentleman who was an MBA. He had worked in uh, the corporate world, was ready to take the plunge and, and go out on his own. He was very very reasonable. You know, we were able to look at the finances. He certainly was reasonable, um, followed along, had no problems. And the sell went through without a hitch. Well, you, you mentioned something uh, that they were ready. They were committed. That's what you're telling me. They were ready. Yeah, there was no equivocation. There was no second guessing. And in fact, one of the things that I, that I really respected about this particular seller combination was they were very straightforward and honest. Um, and that gives me a lot of tools to work with when, when I get accurate information to work with from the beginning. For instance, in a conversation when, when we, we sat down in the beginning, I had their financials, I'd done the valuation, and we were talking about what their business was worth, you know, what the market says your business is worth. Um, we talked about um, kind of like what what would be the minimum, think in terms of the minimum that you would accept and et cetera. And I told them what I thought would be the high range. They were very honest, straightforward, gave me a number. We, we far exceeded that number. We, we ended up getting pretty much the valuation that I had provided. How did you go? Did you hold an auction? How did you get so much more? It, it was it was set up, uh, marketed basically without a price on it, looking for offers. And, you know, that's kind of an open auction. Um, we had a lot of inquiries. Um, we, had a, we had a lot of offers that were within that high and low range. But we went with the buyer that we went with because of the quality of the buyer. Um, and it, it's like I said, it worked out really well. Um, the sellers are actually still working in the company with the buyer. They got along great. And um, that was that was one of the things that the, the, the sellers had been in the business for many, many years. They were still fairly young, They're, you know, in their 60s, early 60s. Uh, so they were happy to be able to keep doing what they loved doing and getting paid for it, but they didn't mind being an employee because they were they were committed to selling. Well, it's kind of a win-win situation in something like that where a new person outside of the industry has the old experienced people either on an interim basis or long-term basis, you know, get them through that transitional period. So it sounds like a home run for everyone here. Yeah. It was a it was a very very good feel good 
transactions. And they got a lot more than they anticipated. So that's just, they did spectacularly well and they were committed to the process. So I guess, you know, if I were to look at this and say the big takeaway here probably would be that they were coachable. They followed the process. They weren't their own worst enemy in the situation. Right. Uh, they, they took advice. They accepted advice and the deal was structured to where it came out well. It, it was, it was definitely a win-win for, for all parties. And, uh, the business is doing great. That's still growing. Um, everybody's happy. And the kind of in summary, summarizing all of this, that, that's the way. It should work. Um, the difference in these three transactions, all of the people are all of the people are good people. It's how the the the, the difference the way they handle. I think the the emotional side of things, and I keep going back to that because that's the only explanation for some of the bizarre things that happens when people are in an uncomfortable situation and I defined uncomfortable being something they're not, you know, if you take, take someone who's in control of their life on all aspects and you put them in a situation now where they have no control, um, that that's, that's a tough position to be in. If you, if you're a business owner and you're thinking about selling, that's the time to start, getting the education contact someone you know that's that you feel comfortable working with that has experience and start learning I, you know i'm i'm happy to work with business owners three years in advance five years in advance and i've done that where you know help prepare them so that they can prepare themselves it will add value to your business It'll give you a chance to prepare your your business too. So I guess what you're really you're really saying it isn't going to happen magically when you arrive no. at the finish line. It, 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 it's not something that's likely going to turn out all that great if you haven't been prepared. Well, this has been great, Terry. You've uh, started out with sharing a little bit about your own path and running your business and how, what brought you to get into the business intermediary M&A advisor world. I think you've shared a lot of valuable experiences here, some that obviously, as you talked about, didn't turn out that well. <laughs> uh, and if you're looking at something that doesn't turn out well, if you end up in court, you know, that's about as worse as it can get, I guess. You know? Unfortunate. Uh, you did not yeah, have and, and, and and if they didn't end up in court, the business went to zero, you know. So there are some good takeaways here for those that have listened in and followed along transactions that you've shared with them here today. So we appreciate you spending the time here. So if people wanted to reach out and get a hold of you, how would they do that? What would be the best way for them to get a hold of you if they wanted to talk with you? Well, uh, probably the easiest thing, um, Terry, T-E-R-R-Y, at F-L-Bismart, B-I-Z. M-A-R-T.com. That would be the quickest, easiest way to reach me. Well, Terry, it's been delightful. Thank you for sharing your time. And this is Marvin L. Storm with Business Exit Stories, and we'll see you on our next episode. I appreciate it, Marvin. Thank you. Thanks for listening to the Business Exit Stories podcast. For more information or to reach out to today's guest, visit www.businessexitstories.com for more details. Please subscribe, rate, review, and share this podcast from your favorite podcasting platforms. And remember, 
Maximizing business value at the time of exit doesn't happen magically. It takes planning. 